السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله أما بعد يقول الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والكاظمين الغيظ والعافين عن الناس والله يحب المحسنين وقال تعالى خذ العفو وأمر بالعرف وأعرض عن الجاهلين صدق الله العظيم Honorable ulama, respected elders, brothers, mothers and sisters, and those who are tuning in via Radio Islam International this afternoon, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh once again. In the last two decades or so, EQ, which we refer to as emotional intelligence, has been increasingly gaining more attention worldwide. We find companies sending their members for seminars, conferences, workshops, and they're trying to understand how they can bring it into their workforce and into their workplaces. There's a lot of emphasis in the corporate world today on EQ, emotional intelligence. And it is extremely important because experts tell us that the skill and the knowledge that you possess will determine whether you are fit for the job or not. But the ability to regulate your emotions and the ability to relate to people and understand their feelings will determine how long you'll survive in that job. And so what is EQ, if I may start off? We've got IQ, EQ, and SQ. IQ, which is referring to the intellect and the intelligence of a person, the knowledge that a person possesses. EQ refers to the emotional intelligence. In simple words, your ability to understand your own emotions, to recognize them, to filter them, and to take the proper measures in relating to your emotions. That's the one part of it. The other part is where you are able to relate to people. When you are speaking to somebody, you're not only listening to them, but you are creating a context behind what they are saying. Where is this man coming from? What is his background? What is he saying? What is a deeper connotation to what this man is saying? And so you contextualize what the person is saying in front of you. This, in a nutshell, is referred to in common terms as EQ or emotional intelligence. Then you have the SQ, which we refer to as a spiritual quotient, your spiritual uh, fulfillment in terms of relating to what's happening in life. Today, I only want to speak about EQ in specific. It's extremely important. When a person goes to the Khanqa, when a person goes to the Sheikh, He's going for EQ. 
He's not going for IQ. He goes to the sheikh, and the sheikh speak, speaks about the internal side of matters. He speaks about hatred, jealousy, overcoming your temptations, the grudges that you hold. The sheikh would try to work on the inside and reform you. That's why Allah says in the Quran, Qad Successful is that person who purified himself internally. He rids himself from all the, the negative emotions, hatred, jealousy, malice, ego, pride. All these sicknesses are worked upon and the sheikh then tries to reform the person. So when a person is enrolling himself in a khanka, he's not going for IQ, he's going for EQ. So this tells you the need of the hour. A person with healthy EQ would be able to survive in the most difficult circumstances in the corporate world or wherever he's working. I mean, you see people today changing jobs within a few months. You meet people in the last three years, they've changed at least three to four jobs. In the last 10 years, they've worked at at least 15 places. No, my boss wasn't right. My line manager wasn't right. A colleague wasn't right. Environment wasn't right. Everything wasn't right. So a person ends up changing jobs after jobs because internally he hasn't overcome his struggles. And so you find that the person is grappling in life. EQ focuses on your emotions. It makes you understand what you are feeling and how to take better control and take charge of the situation. So to go further into the topic, there's two aspects to it. One is private and one is public. One is private and one is social. When it comes to your private life, the first thing is self-awareness. To understand what you are feeling at this moment and then to interpret what you are feeling. That's called self-awareness. Many people have emotions arising in their body, but they are unable to pinpoint what they are experiencing and what they are going through at that moment in life. So number one is self-awareness. Number two is to take control of what, what is happening inside. So if a person understands, I'm feeling angry at this moment, he brings in the control mechanisms. Where is this emotion coming from? What's triggering this thought? How is it impacting on my psyche? And so he's taking control of the situation. That's number two. Number three, EQ also means self-confidence. You have adequate amount of fuel in your tank to go out in the world and do whatever you have to do. You don't have to receive a pet every day from somebody you're doing good. You don't require affirmation every single day of your life. You've got self-confidence. You are able to carry yourself strongly and emotionally. So that's the one side, the private side. The social side or the public side of EQ is to able to relate to people and their feelings and their emotions. This is, in a nutshell, an understanding of EQ. The good thing about EQ is that you can always enhance your EQ. Your IQ, you are limited. But your EQ is not limited. Anybody 
And everybody can work on the EQ and purify the internal uh, malices and internal struggles and come out strong. So we find that people who are surviving, who are on top, on top of their game, are not necessarily people who are extremely brilliant or intelligent, but rather people who are, who've got high uh, EQ levels in their life. At the same time, let's understand the characteristics of people who got low IQ, uh, EQ in life. The experts say people with low EQ are generally very sensitive. You can't address anything with them. They take offense very quickly. Number one. Number two, they feel that mistakes are not to happen in life. They curse mistakes. No, how can this happen? It's not possible. They are very hard and difficult on themselves when they make a mistake. They are unable to forgive themselves. These are qualities of a person who's got low EQ. And when you engage them, they move on to defense mode. They immediately start attacking and counter-arguing with whatever you are presenting on the table. Another quality of low EQ is that you can, the person cannot cooperate with others. You find his friends of circle is very small, very limited. He can't get along with people. Another sign of low EQ is that a person keeps to himself. He doesn't like he doesn't like to go out. He doesn't like to engage. He likes to keep to himself. These are signs of low EQ. Another sign is that the person is unable to, unable to cope with the emotions. They cannot cope with depression. They cannot cope with sadness. They cannot uh, perform under tight situation, especially if the, if the tension is very high in the room. They cannot control themselves. So these are signs of low EQ. Now, how do you develop this? Number one is to create self-awareness in your life. And this is not new. The world has picked this up in the last two decades. Daniel Goldman, who made it very popular in his time, and you find Emotional Intelligence, the book written by him, has become very widely spread in the world. It's one of the best sellers in the market. But as a Muslim, if you look at this holistically, it predates two decades or even hundreds of years ago. We are talking 1400 years ago already the Prophet of Allah introduced this in his teachings. One of the techniques they teach you in EQ is to work in your circle of influence and not in your circle of concern. Stephen Covey in his book of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People speaks about this, uh, this principle that in life you either focus in your circle of influence where you can make a difference or you're going to waste your energy and your time in the circle of concern where you can't do anything. Today it's cold. It's a circle of concern, but you can't do anything about it. You, get to, you have to go out and go carry on with your life. Life is not going to come to a standstill if it's cold or raining or a tornado outside. You have to carry on. 
So people who are highly effective, they focus on the circle of influence and not on the circle of concern. So the Quran is addressing Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he says, the Quran says, O Nabi of Allah, you will not be able to convince every person in life. We see you exerting yourself and finishing yourself to such an extent that you'll even lose your life. You are prepared to give your life. But let me tell you, O Nabi of Allah, you will not be able to influence and convince every person you come across. So work on the people that you have influence on and leave the others who are giving you difficult time. Present the message of Islam to everyone. But not every person will accept your message. Work on those who are accepting your message because that's your circle of influence. And those who are giving you a difficult time, don't engage them. That is EQ. In EQ they tell you, not to engage people who are foolish, who are obstinate, who come with prefixed notions because you're not going to get anything out of that conversation. So you need to understand when to pick a fight, how to pick a fight, and when to fight and when not to fight. You can't get involved in every battle in life. It's just going to drain you out. So you have to pick your battles wisely. We are learning this from the Quran. وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا and when the foolish and the ignorant one engage you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, don't engage them. Say, qalu salama. What you're saying is correct. Make dua, inshallah. And you move on. You can't get involved with every argument, especially if it doesn't involve you or it's not in your circle of influence. So these techniques we learn from the Quran itself. If you study the sunnah, when I was attending this workshop on EQ, and my, I was just running my mind in the Islamic field, what does Allah say in the Quran and what does the sunnah say about this? And ya salam, the amount of examples that I came across, subhanallah, subhanallah, I was marveling at the rich history that we have and the rich treasures that we have with us as Muslims. One of the other techniques of of EQ is if somebody is being rude to you, if somebody is being difficult to you, if somebody is ranting in front of you, you don't descend to his level. You hold your dignity. You hold your calm. And you respond in a dignified manner. You will choose not to descend. And you will not immediately retort to whatever that man is saying. So Stephen Covey in his book says, between a stimulus and a response is a gap which you have. A taxi driver overtakes you. So that's a stimulus. It triggers emotions in you. Now you can choose to respond in the same way where you are tailgating and cutting him off. Or you can control your emotions. Whatever you feel in you swallow and you let it pass. So that's called, between a stimulus and a response, you've got a choice to act dignifiedly. That is your choice. That is your choice. So now, 
either you're going to get into a road rage with that person, you can end up harming yourself. You can uh, get involved in an accident. You are getting into unnecessary tension. But if you control yourself, that man is gone. You don't even know him. You might not even see him tomorrow or for the next 10 years. You might not even see him. But you took control of the situation, isn't it? The Prophet of Allah وسلم, was having meals with Aisha anha. And one of our mothers sent an item into the house of Aisha anha. Now just understand this. It's her turn and the Prophet of Allah and her are sharing the plate. They're having meals. And an outsider comes and he presents that only of Allah here's a gift from your other wife. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha got so upset that she took the food and the plate, whatever was inside, and she flung it and it ended up damaging the plate. Eventually it even broke. Now here's the husband, the Prophet of Allah. Look at his control, Allah. Look at his composure. Look at the control he had on his emotions. He keeps quiet. He smiles. He gets up, he takes another plate and he gives it to the servant and he says, go and give this plate back. Nothing, nothing more than that. And he just said, Gharat ummukum. Your mother, her, her natural instinct has kicked in. Any woman would re react in that way. But the point I'm driving is that the Prophet of Allah did not lose it. He was able to control himself. And that's what they teach you in, in, in EQ workshops. That control your emotions. The anger should not be controlling the situation. You should be controlling your anger, not the other way around. Not the other way around. So the Prophet of Allah smiled, he gave the plate, and he said, your mother has just become upset. Nothing more than that. That argument could have become longer, uglier, and it could have even ended up in bitterness. But he was able to control himself. Subhanallah. That's called EQ. Acknowledging what's happening and taking charge of the situation. Likewise, EQ is extremely important when it comes to relating to people. Unfortunately, you know, 25 minutes is never enough to discuss. It's such a complex subject. But the objective here is just to create awareness and for us to read further on the subject. Trying to understand the person who's talking to me, not just listening to what he's saying. One is understanding his language. But deeper than that is to understand where this man is coming from. To create a context. To, pre to paint a picture. To try to understand what is this man trying to tell me. And so you look beyond the words. And you know when people are emotionally charged, you must see the force that they speak with. A person with healthy EQ will not take offense to that. He understands that that's just his emotion. But I'm trying to understand where is he coming from. He looks deeper. He explores further options. He's not, he's not tempted and he's not going to descend because of the emotions of the person in front of him. You know when people are charged up, how they talk? But this man holds his composure and he's trying to understand what is this man saying in this, in this conversation of mine. 
Now imagine applying this principle in our homes with our wives and with our, and the other way around. Husband and wife applying this principle of trying to understand where the person is coming from before we can even engage them. Stephen Covey in his book speaks about seek to understand before you are understood. We are trying for the entire world to get us, uh, for, for, we are trying for the entire world for them to understand us instead of us trying to understand them. So the husband is pushing his point, he's obstinate and he's driving hard. And the wife on the other hand, she is pushing her point and driving the message home and nobody's listening. <laughs> nobody's listening. Can you, can you get an amicable solution then? The husband is stubborn. The wife is stubborn. Who's going to get a solution then? But if the husband tries to understand, what is my wife trying to say? Okay, I'm coming after a long, tiring day. My wife has been going through a lot of difficulties at the moment. Her mother is not feeling well. The children are sick also. And she needs to attend a program. She can't do so because of the kids at home. They are not well. So now you're trying to create a context. Now when there's an emotional outburst, you're not going to get, you're not going to react, but rather you're going to address the situation calmly. And if we can apply this principle in our homes, I promise you we'll have less fights. I mean, people can't survive in, survive in relationships. There's because people inside have not understood who they are. They have not conquered the inner self. That's why if you study, subhanAllah, if you study the, the teachings of Imam Ghazali, which even the Western world till today learn and glean from his teachings, Allahu Akbar. What a philosopher. What a philosopher. Read his philosophy on anger. Read his philosophy on friendship. Read his philosophy on social life, Allahu Akbar. Read his philosophy on internal relationships with your husband, with your wife, and you'll be marveled at how rich the content we have as Muslims. So in essence, brothers, I have only touched the, the surface. It's just the tip of the iceberg. There's more, much more to learn about EQ. And EQ is in total harmony with the sunnah. Because we are exhorted from the sharia to work on our inner struggles. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ Successful is that person who is able to purify himself internally. The Prophet of Allah is addressed in several places in the Quran. Oh, Nabi of Allah, how much you can't carry on carrying bitterness in you. Get yourself rid of it. Rather forgive. Because when you're forgiven, it's not for, your, it's not for that person in front. It's for your safety. It's for your peace of mind. This is part of EQ where you forgive others. You are able to relate to people. You are able to relate to your own feelings. So let's create self-awareness, understand our emotions, take charge of the situation, and to react in a manner that's befitting a Muslim and a believer. It is so important for leaders. It is so important for managers. It is so important for CEOs and CEOs and, and all the people in the hierarchy, in the, in, in, in the top rank, for them to have their own internal issues sorted out when they are dealing with the broader public or when they are dealing with the company. You see that they are taught 
Now and then when you phone the call center, you can go to Mars with your issue and you can go renting. The person on the other side is calm. Uh, sorry, sir, what, what I'm trying to explain to you, and you are swearing, you are shouting, you are screaming. You're making a fool out of yourself and not the person in front. And it's even more embarrassing when the person in front is able to carry his dignity and come out intact. So the person, so sir, I understand your emotions. I understand where you are coming from. What I'm trying to understand, what I'm trying to explain to you is that this is the process X, Y, and Z. They are trained to act in that way. We can also learn by training and working on our inner self. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. Man arafa nafsahu faqad arafa rabbah. This is not a hadith, but it's a very profound statement. He who has understood himself has actually understood his creator. Subhanallah. Otherwise, you'll always put the blame on somebody else. No, it's his fault. No, it's the company's fault. No, it's that one's fault. You will never take responsibility of anything in life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us conquer all our inner struggles. الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله Hey, I'm 
فلا الفلا الحمدللهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهمدهم
إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وإخوانه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين خصوصا على أولهم بالتحقيق أمير المؤمنين سيدنا أبي بكر الصديق رضي الله تعالى عنه وعلى الناطق بالصدق والصواب الذي كان رأيه موافقا بالكتاب والسنة أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله تعالى عنه وعلى الناطق بالصدق والصواب وعلى كامل الحياء والإيمان ناشر القرآن الذي تستحي منه ملائكة الرحمن أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عثمان بن عفان رضي الله تعالى عنه وعلى صاحب العضد القوي أمير المؤمنين سيدنا علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله تعالى عنه وعلى عمه الشريفين المطهرين من الأدناس الحمزة والعباس وعلى سيدي شباب أهل الجنة الحسن والحسين وعلى بناته الطاهرات وأزواجه المطهرات خصوصا حفصة وعائشة وخديجة رضي الله تعالى عنهن أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحب أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغض أبغضهم وخير القرون قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انسر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انسر أمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن أمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم أصلح أحوال المسلمين اللهم أنت تعلم ما حل بالمؤمنين في كل مكان اللهم كن وليهم ونصيرهم وكفيلهم ومعينهم يا رب العالمين اللهم لا تجعلنا من القانتين اللهم لا تجعلنا من القانتين اللهم خذ أعداءك وأعداء الدين اللهم انسر المظلومين في كل مكان اللهم انسرهم اللهم كن وليهم اللهم انسرنا ولا تنسرنا ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إن قلوبنا ونواصينا وجوارحنا بيدك لم تملكنا منها شيئا فإذا فعلت ذلك فكن أنت ولينا واهدنا إلى سواء السبيل ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا يا كريم أيها الناس إن الله تعالى يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغ يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين
إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصل النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا الله سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر
الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم أنت السلام منك السلام تباركت يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والفعل والنية والهدى إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا ذاب النار سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين